If you have a Bible, the app on your phone, join me in the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to be there to begin here shortly. I want you to imagine for a moment that, um, that it's Christmas morning and your three-year-old little Jimmy is so excited for Christmas Day. I mean, he has been waiting for months for this day to happen because in his little heart, he has been longing for a present, a specific toy. And, and he's been wanting this and, and, and been talking about it for months. And so now it's Christmas morning and, he, and he's ripping through all the presents. And then you know that he's, you know, he, he rips open this, this, this specific present and it's the toy. It's the one. It's the thing he's been hoping for for months. He's ecstatic. He's, he, he can hardly contain his excitement. And you're just like, so, you're just beaming. You're excited to see his joy and his happiness. And then as he unwraps, takes the wrapping paper off of, of the present, on the outside of the box are two words. Assembly required. Now, for those of you who are like me and assembly required, challenged, when you see those two words, fear grips you. Because now in that moment, your ability to to assemble the right pieces in the right places perfectly. I mean, Jimmy's Christmas hinges upon your ability to assemble the pieces correctly. And so all the present opening is is done, and and so now Jimmy brings to you that that gift, that assembly-required gift. And you pull out the instruction book, and you start putting the pieces together, and you get near the end of assembling the perfect toy that Jimmy has longed for. And in that moment, you realize that you're missing some pieces. You, You can't... You search all over the place. You look in the box. You look under the cushions, whatever. Now, some of us that have had our kids were, were younger, we've, exper- we've lived this journey. Others of you, your day's coming when you will live this and experience this. All right, so, so you're looking for the piece, and you just can't, you, you can't find it. Well, you know that if you can't find those missing pieces, Jimmy's going to feel like Christmas is over. Like, it's, it's just ruined. So in that moment, you have a decision to make. Am I going to tell Jimmy, or am I going to put on my coat, and am I going to search store to store to try to find that gift and find the missing pieces? And let's say in that moment, you have a moment of compassion, and you put on your coat, and you go to the store, store after store on Christmas Day, trying to find one that's open, and trying to find one that's open that has the missing pieces. And so you search, and you search and you search, and you finally find it. You find it. You can't believe it. You pay for it. You find the pieces. You pay for them. You get back home. You're super excited. You finish completing the assembly required present. You're done, and you're about ready to present this this gift to Jimmy and what you realize now is Jimmy's not so interested in that gift anymore. While you were away, he got interested in another present. And, and you're like, hey, it's done. I got it. He's like, nah, 
thanks, thanks, Dad. Thanks, Mom. But he's not interested in that present anymore. The one that you spent hours searching for, assembling, trying to make complete. Today is the second Sunday of Advent. And Advent is that time where we celebrate the first arrival of Christ. And with the arrival of Christ come gifts like hope, which we spent time exploring last Sunday, and gifts like peace, joy, and love. And this morning, I want us to explore the gift of peace, the gift of peace. Now, chasing after the missing peace, it's exhausting. It's tiring. And I think in reality, many of us know people, or maybe even some of us here, live our lives this way, chasing after that missing piece. Not a piece to a toy, right? But we chase after that need to feel significant, important, accepted, loved. Why do we chase after these things? I think, I think we chase after them because we feel incomplete. We feel like we're missing something. I, I struggle with this. I look at other parents. I look at other dads. I look at other pastors, other churches. I start comparing myself to them. And then when I start comparing myself to them, I start, feel like I, I start feeling like I'm missing something. What do they have that I don't? What are they doing that I'm not doing? And so I start comparing myself. And when we, when we start doing that, really what we're saying is what we're longing for is peace. We, we want peace of soul, rest here in our heart. And I think really when we think, of, when we think about this, that the need to feel complete is really a need for peace. It, it, it's why many of us, maybe we try to be the super parent or the super mom Right? Because we're comparing ourselves to all these other moms or all these other dads, and we just, if I could, okay, so they're doing something right, so I need to try to like, be like them. And, so, and we, we, we chase after this. Why? Because we feel incomplete, or we feel like if we do those things, then we'll have that peace. And if we're honest to that, that need for peace or, or that feeling of being incomplete is what drives some to cheat on their spouse because they feel like they, they need this relationship to, to satisfy that longing to feel complete. For, for some, that, that longing to feel complete or that need for peace is what leads them to just pursue relationship after relationship with the hope, right, that that next relationship will actually satisfy that longing or that need. It's why some parents try to experience and satisfy that need to complete through their kids' achievements. Right? You can spot those parents pretty quickly in the stands or on the sidelines. The ones who are trying to feel complete through their kids' achievements. 
It's why we compare ourselves. And we long for this so desperately, this need to feel complete and be at peace. We long for it so desperately that we will even do this. In conversation, we will even highlight the incompleteness of others. Why? So that somehow we might look more complete. And that's a lie. And doing all of this, isn't that exhausting? It's so tiring. And it actually produces the very opposite of what we hope to gain from it. And what all this reveals is that in our souls, in our hearts, is this longing for peace. But a peace that's not just the absence of conflict, but a peace that actually makes us complete. Imagine that kind of peace. Can you imagine having that? Imagine having a peace that actually makes you fully assembled. You're not missing any pieces. You're complete. Can you imagine having that? If you have that, then you don't need to compare yourself to anyone. Comparison, you don't need that to try to feel more complete because you already are. If you have a peace like that, it's no more, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not athletic enough, or I need this person, or I need this promotion. Because you already have, you're already complete. Your heart and soul is at rest. Isn't that what we long for? Don't you know people who long for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And this is why Advent and Christmas is such good news. Because with the arrival of Christ is the arrival of that kind of peace. How do we know this? Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah the prophet writes this. He says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. He will be called Prince of Peace, and of his peace there will be no end. This is a prophecy about the arrival of Christ. This is a a prophecy about how God is going to fulfill the promise he made to send a rescuer. And he made that promise all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, which we explored that last Sunday. But here Isaiah is saying, with the arrival of that child, that son, is the arrival of peace. But I want us to watch a short video because I want us to, I I think this video will help us understand what what kind of peace we're talking about. So let's watch this. So what kind of peace then is the prophet Isaiah talking about? If you look again at verse 6, okay, he describes him as the prince of peace. 
And then in verse 7, he talks about this, this peace that he's going to bring is, is a peace that will be no end. Well, the peace that he's referring to is that shalom, that shalom peace. Well, again, what's that mean? What's he saying here? He's saying this, this son, this child that's going to be born, he's, he's going to be the prince of wholeness. And he's going to bring a wholeness, a completeness that always lasts. It's permanent. It's always present. And, and that's the kind of peace that this child, this son is going to bring. And, and I know most of us understand and know who the son is that Isaiah is talking about. But I think it's important for us to see the connection that the writer Luke makes when he's talking about the Christmas story and the connection of the child that's born that Luke talks about in chapter 2 and the son child that Isaiah is talking about. So go with me to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2. Because I want us to see that connection between Isaiah's prophecy, which is five, six hundred years prior to what Luke was talking about in Luke chapter 2, and so Luke records the moment when the angels show up to the shepherds on a hillside in Bethlehem. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Now, in verse 11, I want you to see the, the language here and how similar it is to Isaiah's prophecy. In verse 11, the angels say, For unto you is born this day. Now, in Isaiah chapter 9, it's like, For to you on this day is a child born. So it's similar. So the angels are connecting this child that's being born in Bethlehem to Isaiah's prophecy. And verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So that prince of wholeness, that child, that son that is going to have a wholeness, a completeness that's always permanent, that, that's permanent, that's always present, his name is Christ the Lord, Jesus in verse 12, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Now, if you were to read this verse, verse 14, in the Orthodox Jewish Bible, right, which is in Hebrew, it would translate that word peace as shalom, wholeness, completeness. And what Isaiah is trying to communicate to us and what the angels are communicating to us is that with the arrival of Christ is the arrival of peace. And with this peace comes this permanent, lasting wholeness, this shalom. Well, how so? Well, let's Look at the very words of Jesus. John chapter 16, verse 33. John chapter 16, verse 33. These are the words of Christ himself. The one that the angels just announced was born in Bethlehem. And he says this to his disciples. 
He says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Again, if you were to translate that word peace into the Hebrew, it would say, in me you have shalom, you have wholeness, you're complete. And Jesus is saying this, he's saying he's the peace, he's the wholeness. The Apostle Paul said the same thing in Ephesians chapter 2 in one of the letters he wrote in the first century. So you can join me there in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 13, 14, and 15. Jesus says in John chapter 16, he looks at his disciples and says, You want this wholeness? It's in me. In me you will have wholeness. You will be complete. And the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 13 through 15, he says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he, Christ, himself, is our peace. Again, Christ is our completeness. He's our wholeness. Who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility. And Paul's saying, Christ is the one who brings peace between Christians. And in verse 15, he goes on, he says, by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he, Christ, might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. So Jesus says, in me you have peace. In me you become complete. Apostle Paul says the same thing. He says, Christ is the one who makes you whole and produces through that wholeness a wholeness with other Christians. And Paul went on to write to say, too, it's Christ that actually makes us right with God. He brings us peace with God in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And you can go there and see this verse. See what Paul says here in Romans 5, 1. This is another letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. And he says this in verse 1 of Romans chapter 5. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you heard someone ever use the phrase, well, have you made your peace with God? You don't make your peace with God. Jesus made it for you. He made it for you. That's what he's saying. He's like, we have peace with God. How? By being good? No, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Peace is a person. Peace has a name. Wholeness has a name. And his name is Jesus. Christ, the Lord. So think about this. Just like we talked about last Sunday about hope. If peace is a person, if wholeness is a person, then if you always have that person, you always have peace, no matter how you may feel. No matter how incomplete you may feel, if you have Christ and Christ is in you, you are fully assembled. You are complete. You are whole. And that's good news. Isn't that what the people you work with or your neighbors or the people you go to school with or whoever, some family, isn't that what they need to hear? Stop running from store to store. There's rest. There's peace. There's wholeness. And his name is Christ. 
Oh, it's so good. Well, how does a person receive this peace? Go to Colossians chapter 1. Another letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 22. Colossians 1, 19 through 22. Paul writes, For in Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile, to make peace to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace, how? By the blood of his cross. And you who were once separated, alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled, making peace in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. Now again, if you, if you look at verse 20 in that phrase, making peace, if you're good, to go back to the, to the Hebrew words, they would translate that making shalom. Jesus made peace for you. He made completeness for you. He provided it for you. He purchased it for you. On the cross by his blood. Listen. The blood of Jesus defeats the enemy who deceived us into rebellion against God. The blood of Jesus removes that separation that is between you and God. The blood of Jesus provides forgiveness for your sins that you commit against God. And the blood of Jesus guarantees you the hope of the absolute promises of God. And the blood of Jesus also purchased for you wholeness in God. This is good news. It's good news for me. You don't just need the gospel for salvation. You need it every day of your life. Every day. This is such good news. I remember as a kid, and some of you may remember this chorus. We sang it. On occasion in church, it's, it's thank you, Lord. And there's a line, and it, and it hit me while I, was, while I was studying it this week, that I've sung this little chorus all my life. But it didn't hit me till this week studying peace, the importance of one line in that little song. And it goes like this. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. What's the next line for those of you who know it? For making me whole. I've been seeing that all my life. And just this week, it, boom, I got it. It makes sense. Jesus goes to the cross, pours out his blood on, the, on that cross. Why? So that you can be fully assembled, complete in Christ, because he is the peace. He's the peace. Listen, wholeness is not something you chase after. It's something you receive. It's a gift that Jesus gives you. He purchased it for you. You simply receive it. When you receive him, it's a gift of grace. And so if Christ is wholeness, and you have Christ then what's that mean, church? You are whole. 
You are at peace with God and peace in here. Regardless of how you may feel. Jesus said this, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened. And he said, and I will give you what? Rest. You know the context of when he says that? He's talking to Pharisees who are living their lives trying to be good. Chasing store after store after store to try to get this wholeness. And he's saying, just take me. (laughs) And when you receive me, I give you rest. You become whole. And this is why Advent and Christmas is such good news. Because with the arrival of Christ becomes, comes the arrival of peace, a permanent, lasting wholeness. Think about the missional implications of this. Think about the conversations you can have around this with people. So you're outside putting up lights or raking leaves or whatever, and you're just talking to some neighbors. And you're talking about Christmas and all that. And you, man, I'm, I love Christmas, you say. I just love it. Why is that? Man, hope and peace and joy and love. and Man, wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be, can you imagine a, a hope that actually every time you feel despair, it defeats it? Would you be interested in a hope? What, could you imagine a hope like that? Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet, wouldn't it? I think it would. Or, or check this. One thing I love about Christmas is because it reminds us of peace. Can you imagine a peace? That's not just about being free of conflict, but a peace that actually means you can stop chasing after things that try to make you feel significant. Like that, that's done. Like, can you imagine that kind of peace? Wouldn't that be amazing if you had that? Yeah. You know, that's what's so cool about Christmas, because Christmas tells us where we get that. The, the implications for us, Christmas and Advent is such an awesome opportunity for us to share Christ, to share hope. This season is an amazing opportunity to not just celebrate, to not just celebrate Christ, but to share Christ and that he is the hope and that he is the peace. So so maybe you're here and you're like, man, I want that peace. I need that wholeness. I want that rest of soul. What's it mean for you? Receive Christ. Believe Christ. Christ. Believe that he is the son of God. Believe that he came and died on a cross to to free you of chasing after something that you can never get on your own. Just stop and just, right where you sit, just confess your sins and just, I take you, Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, you're receiving peace, completeness, shalom in your soul. What's it mean for those who have received Christ? It means Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. Go there. I'm going to ask the band to come. As we look at this verse, Colossians 2, 9 and 10. This is what it means for those who have Christ. Colossians 2, 9 and 10. For in Christ the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled. Literally, that means you have been made complete. How? In Christ. In Christ who is the head of all rule and authority. Now, now that phrase, made Christ, it's, it's past tense, meaning it's perfect tense. It's, it's like you've already received this. And it's passive, which means you did nothing to get it. Somebody did it for you. And he's saying, if you have Christ, you're complete, regardless of how you may feel right now, regardless of the comparing that you do in your head. If you have Christ, you're, you're fully assembled. 
No more assembly required. You're not missing any pieces. You have Christ. And Christ is in you. You know what that does? It frees you from comparing. It frees you from serving someone so that you can get something out of it to feel better about yourself. You don't need that. You already have all you need in Christ. You're whole. You're complete. That's rest, church. That's peace. And his name is Jesus. And you say, okay, okay, Jones. I got Christ, but I still feel incomplete. What's going on there? I think we struggle with this. Here's why. Because I think we're a lot like the disciples in the boat in the midst of the storm. We get our eyes looking at the storm, forgetting that we got the Prince of Peace asleep in the boat. He's in the boat. We get start looking at everybody else, comparing ourselves, whatever, thinking I need this, I need her, I need him, I need this, to feel complete. No, no, no. We just need to keep our eyes on Jesus. You just keep looking at him. You keep, here's the, here's the challenge, okay? The challenge is this. Every time you feel those feelings or thoughts of being incomplete or needing something to be significant, and if you have Christ, when those thoughts come this week, you immediately replace those with Jesus. The prophet Isaiah said this. He said, he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is focused on Christ. So when that comes, because they come, they come to me throughout the week often. So I know they're going to come to you. Those thoughts. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. I need this. I need him. I need her. All these different things. I need that. As soon as that comes, you say, no, I got you, Jesus. I am in full shalom mode. I have all I need. No more assembly required. I got, I got Jesus. But also there's a missional application to this. And I think, who do you need to make peace with? Paul said, if at all possible. And I know there are times when it's not. But he says, if at all possible, pursue peace. Who do you need to make peace with? Maybe it's with your spouse. Maybe it's with your kids. Maybe it's with neighbors. I don't know. Siblings. But then who do you need to share peace with? Man, our world is longing for this. They're longing for Jesus. That's why Christmas is such good news. Because with the arrival of Christ is the arrival of peace. Right where you sit, if you have Christ, you, let me, you are whole. You're complete. Receive that. Just Can you just receive that? Can you stand with me? I just feel like this is such a truth that we need, that I need. Can you do this with me? Even if it feels a little uncomfortable, can you just hold out your hands like you're receiving a gift? Just all, just kind of right in front of you. Just hold out your hands. If you have Christ, he's given you peace. Some of you just need to believe that this morning. Just believe it. Some of you, for the first time, you've been running from store to store, 
hoping to get that kind of peace in something or someone other than Jesus. And this morning, you need to surrender your soul to Christ, who is your peace. And if that's you this morning, would you be bold enough to just raise your hand and to say, today I'm surrendering my heart and my life to Jesus. Today I'm calling out to Jesus to forgive me of my sins and to transform my soul. Is there anyone here that says that this morning? If so, would you raise your hand? Amen. Amen. And maybe you're here and you have Christ in you and you're just going, man, I've gotten my eyes on the storm. And I forget that I have the Prince of Peace alive inside who makes me and has made me complete. Listen, as we start to sing, would you just pause for a moment and just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what you need to hear from him this morning when it comes to peace, his peace. And if you need to come this morning and kneel at the cross and pray, we just need to come this morning and, and just talk to myself or grab a living community pastor and, or, and just pray, do that. Just talk to someone. I believe the Spirit of God is here. I believe the Spirit of God is moving. I believe some of us this morning have been chasing and running from store to store, even those who are in Christ. And some of us need to just say, I'm free. <laughs> Jesus, you set me free. For to us, a child is born. And to us, a son is given. And his name is Prince of Peace. And Jesus, that prince said, in me, you have peace. In me, you are whole. Holy Spirit, move. Move now. And if he is saying something to you in this moment and you need to come and pray, you need to talk to someone here, that you do that. Do not wait. And if you're here and you're receiving Christ this morning, would you turn and tell someone that today? Lord Jesus, we love you. Thank you for purchasing our wholeness, for going to the cross, for making peace for us and bringing your peace to us. Amen.